What an amazing weekend it's been at Woodlands Church. And God is here. And he's doing a great work in our hearts this weekend. We are so glad you're here. If you're a guest with us, we're especially glad you're here. We just want you to relax and make yourself right at home. You know, we always say at Woodlands Church that we're not a big church, we're a small town. That's what we are. We're a small town, we love each other, we care about each other, and, and we're so glad that you're here. If you're a guest, just make yourself feel right at home. I do encourage everyone to fill out that little connect card that's in your program and turn it in the offering basket at the end of the service, and that's our way to get to know you better so that we can serve you better. We're in this series that we're calling Soul Safari, and it's really hunting for hope in a jungle of stress because in Africa, when you go on safari, you're always looking for the big five, those big five animals that everyone wants to see, and the big five are the lion, the elephant, the leopard, the water buffalo, and the rhinoceros. I got it this time, Bishop Philip. I just want you to know. Last time I forgot one of them and no one would help me out. So, um, But those are the big five in Africa when you're on safari, but our soul is on a safari, a hunt for the things that we long for the most. And so today you're in for a real treat because we have our dear friends. Chris and I are dear friends with Bishop Philip Katoto and his wife, Dina. They're an amazing couple and uh, really kindred spirits, and they have come all the way from Nairobi, Kenya to be with us this weekend to speak at the services, and they're gonna be talking about soulmates behind closed doors because one of the things your heart longs for is to be connected relationally, and it's, you know, we're made for relationships, and so um, this is gonna be a powerful message, and then next week I'll conclude the series with a message called The Hunt for Integrity, and it's all about integrating your deepest values, your heart's values with your daily actions because a lot of the reason we, our soul gets so stressed is we're fractured. We're not really living out what we want to. And so Bishop Philip and Dina um, come from Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, Philip is now the head of his whole denomination, the AG Church in all of Kenya, and they have a huge responsibility and this last year alone, they planted 218 new churches in Kenya. And it's amazing what God is doing through these guys. And of course, um, we met these guys a long time ago, and we just felt like they're such kindred spirits. They're so down to earth, and they're so genuine in their faith, and such true leaders that they've mentored Chris and I in marriage and in family and in leadership and church. And it's always good to have mentors that are wiser than you are. And one of the things that we've done together is we planted a church just outside of Nairobi. In fact, Woodland Church planted Woodland Church Nairobi several years ago, and we have an amazing pastor, Pastor Oscar, and a staff team that, that you guys support, and they're doing a wonderful thing. But several years ago, we said, you know what, we've got to get them more mentoring. And so Philip agreed to take them on, and now it's ICC Woodland Church and they're just exploding with growth, and Oscar's doing amazing, so keep praying for our team there. And they're in Angadarangai, just outside the Quarry Slum, ministering to so many people, and what a joy it is to be a partner with these guys. Philip was the pastor of ICC Church for many years, the great ICC Church, one of the largest churches in Nairobi, and um, he's done so many ministry. But one of the things I love most about this guy is that he does a, a weekly column for uh, the largest newspaper in East Africa. It's called Dear Katoto. And it's like an Ann Landers or a, it's a relationship column. So people write in their questions and um, they, they wanna know about love. And so he answers them in, in these biblical, you know, really foundational principle answers from God's word that is life-changing in all relationships. And so they love him over there. And so people on the street will come up to him and say, Dear Katoto, you know, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend and I don't know what to do right now and we're about to break up. And so I don't know that he really enjoys that part of it, but uh, they're great on relationships and they're gonna be talking to you today. I wanna also make you aware, Will and Church, that in your program, there are a lot of events coming up. Next Saturday night, uh, we're calling it Super Saturdays in September. After the service, after the message, we're having a barbecue barn dance out on the plaza. We've never done anything like that, so we're gonna have fun and do that, and that's Saturday night. And then also we have something 
for foster parents, Foster Parents Night Out is this Friday from six to nine. If you have foster children, if you are a foster parent, you need and deserve a break. Uh, bring your kids up here from six to nine. We're gonna have a great program for them and you go out and have a date, uh, just some time of relaxing, but what a ministry it is you know, that, that you do. And so we wanna support you. We have a foster care ministry that does amazing things. But you can sign up, it's from birth to fifth grade. And uh, if you are a foster parent, bring your foster kids and your other kids are welcome. Birth to fifth grade, and we're gonna take care of them and have a lot of fun with them. Sign up at wc.org slash events. And then what we really need is volunteers for Friday night. We need about 50 more volunteers, and I really encourage you that if you want to be an encouragement to people who are really doing the work, then sign up for that, wc.org. Uh, slash events, and you can sign up to volunteer for Friday night. Uh, we'll have all of the officials here that, you know, uh, that will be helping us out, but, um, but we need people just to love on these kids, to play with these kids, and to, you know, we got games and fun and all these things that are going on Friday night for foster children. And then also Financial Peace University is coming up. It's on Tuesday nights for eight weeks, and we've connected with Dave Ramsey and a good friend, and we are teaching the Financial Peace a seminar from Dave, and it's all about how to follow biblical principles in your finances, to get out of debt, savings, um, all, all the things that the Bible talks about in a really practical way, budgeting. So if you wanna sign up for that, you can go to wc.org slash events as well. Um, well, let's just bow together and pray and thank God for Philip and Dina being here with us today and for what God is about to do, and you're gonna be in for a real treat, but let's just open up our hearts to get ready for God to speak to us. Dear God, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice, everyone at our satellite campuses, everyone worshiping through our broadcast and online ministry, wherever they are in the world, everyone here in the woodlands, that you would speak a word to our hearts. We pray that you would just help us open our hearts to hear what you wanna say, and that you would just let us know that we're right there, Lord, right there to take that next step, that you know what we're going through, that you are right there with us, and that you have a plan and you have a purpose. I pray, Lord, for Philip and Dina, that you just bless them, Lord, for coming all this way and just making such a difference for us. I just continue to bless their ministry in every way and strengthen them, Lord, and continue to give them this great wisdom and preach through them your power. And Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing at Woodlands Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hello, Woodlands. <laughs> my name is Philip Kitoto. And my name is Dina Kitoto. We come from Nairobi, Kenya. And we thank God for the opportunity to be here. We want to be grateful to Chris and Kerry and the whole family for the love they have for us and for the partnership we have uh, in Nairobi, Kenya in many ways. And we lead a denomination of 4,000 churches and we thank God we would like to double that number of churches in the next five years. We also want to thank God for the leadership here together with the Chris and Curry and you people, lovely people, we thank you for allowing us to be here and minister together with my husband. God bless you. We are with uh, a friend of ours who uh, serves with me, uh, Philip Mungai. He's Philip Big and Philip Small. So. It's such a joy to be here, and on this series that you are taking, and, and we, we thought, you know, we are all about relationships, and that's what our hearts long for. Each one of us want to be in a meaningful relationship, whether it's with God or with each other. Whether you're married or you're single, you want to have a healthy relationship with the maker and with others. But somehow, um, tough times come and relationships don't turn out the way they were supposed to be. 
So we kind of find ourselves behind closed doors, either because of wounds that others have caused or because of the situations that we have passed through. And we're going to share together in Acts chapter 5 and verse 1 to 11 and Judges chapter 13 and 1 to 17. God's desire is that we may be on an adventure with him because marriage is about adventure. Relationships are about adventure. Mm -hmm. In this adventure, soulmates may experience hurt, may experience pain, may experience disappointment. Mm -hmm. And the best place to be is not behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. The best place to be is in the open with God. See, God wants us to experience freedom and to have this adventure with him and with each other. Mm -hmm. See, Acts chapter 5 and Judges chapter 13 provide a contrast between two couples living in two different environments and faced by different challenges. Mm -hmm. And you know what? For God, he doesn't put us in a particular environment because he wants to misuse us or allow us to get wounded and hurt. Mm -hmm. But he allow us, allows us to be in those environments because he wants to mature us. He wants to grow us. He wants to, for us to see him in a different way in those environments. Mm. And we would like to look at these two couples together. And I'll begin by looking at the first couple, Ananias and Sapphira from Acts chapter 5. We will not read all those scriptures mm -hmm. because they are too long. You can read for yourself at home. Mm -hmm. What stands out for us in Ananas and Sapphira's story? See, first, they lived at a time of great revival, a move of God. Mm -hmm. Everything is open, authentic, and people are loving on each other. Mm -hmm. there's, there's great openness. There's a, a spirit of, of unity. Mm -hmm. there, is, there is such oneness in desiring to minister to those with needs. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that in the midst of that, that there's such unity and connectedness and hunger for more connectedness, mm -hmm. that two people can actually choose to be evil, mm -hmm. conniving, conspiring against the very fact that things can work the way they were working. Mm -hmm. Isn't it so in relationships that things could be going so well, committed to an agenda of love with each other and a romantic relationship with each other, just to discover that somebody cheated on you, somebody hurt you so deeply, somebody left you, somebody abused the opportunity yeah. that you provided an open door for them. And they left you wounded and hurt, left you disappointed. Yeah. God in this wonderful relationship with his people, right there, Ananias and Sapphira, instead of taking advantage of such a beautiful relationship so that they can be intimate with each other and with the people of God, they choose a different path mm -hmm. to hurt not only God, but the people of God. See, these were a couple that lacked values. They lived for, for themselves. They were greedy for themselves. Isn't that kind of what happens in relationships? That one person decides to be greedy and walks away and hurt so many. Just because they want to satisfy me, they're not thinking about what is God doing around us? Why is God putting us together? Mm -hmm. One would expect that in an environment of such graciousness and such beauty that they would seek to be the same, but they choose to be different. Mm -hmm. You see, this story stands out because while the church was experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit and exponential growth and such openness and such generosity, a couple chooses to miss out and do what was different. Actually, looks in, looks, look at this story. He interrupts the whole story of the growth of the church by bringing us this couple and uses the word, but Ananias, mm -hmm. or now Ananias. It's like, yay, look here. There is somebody who is living differently from mm -hmm. what has happened, right? before. In chapter 1 to chapter 4, we are seeing the exponential growth, but then comes Ananias with something totally different. Mm -hmm. See, Luke is making a contrast between two people. Barnabas in chapter 4 and the rest of the church, chapter 4 verse 21, mm -hmm. an honest man, generous man, and chapter 5 verse 1 to 11, Ananias, who is crafty and dishonest. Mm -hmm. Couldn't it be just that in the same environment in the house, there could be those two people? Mm -hmm. 
One living for righteousness and the other one trying to work things behind the other one's back. Mm -hmm. See, it's not church that saves us. It's not things we do that save us. It's not the flowers we bring to each other that save us, but it's the, the, the desire to live right with each mm -hmm. other, mm -hmm. to allow God to make us will in the environment. It's amazing that the environment of Christianity could not help them be authentic. Mm. They had to make a decision of being authentic. So other than two people, Luke is contrasting two cultures, one of integrity and spontaneous generosity with another of deceit mm. and greed, mm -hmm. but yet in the same environment of the Holy Spirit. Mm. How sad. See, in this environment, the early church provided for the needs of each other and for those who are in need among them. Members voluntarily sold their property and gave them the money to the poor and distributed to them. All the needs of the poor were met mm -hmm. and the church expanded greatly. You see, what is strange is why Ananas and the wife choose to be so deceived and live differently. What was their motive? Why would a couple live differently from what was happening around all the others? Mm. See, the, their act was not an oversight, my friends. Their, their, their act was not even a mistake. Mm. In, in verse 2, chapter 5, verse 2, it says, with his wife's full knowledge. It means that they kept back some of this after discussion. They plotted, they planned, mm. they actually worked on this thing. They were deliberate mm. and intentional to collude against God. Mm. You see, when a couple comes to me and they say, it just happened. You know, it didn't just happen. I didn't just go on that trip and it just happened. I went on that trip and when I opened the door and allowed the enemy in, I plotted, I, I schemed, I planned, I thought through, I decided to lie and to cheat the very one that I had promised to be faithful to. Mm -hmm. So it comes back to choices, friends. Mm -hmm. That's right. It didn't just happen. Mm -hmm. Ananias and Sapphira mm -hmm. plotted to hurt the church. And we can plot to hurt each other. Mm. But see, when it happens, it was a mistake. Mm. It's never a mistake. But yet God forgives. Mm -hmm. And God grants his favor. That's right. And God calls us to receive mm. his favor. Mm. And so, they violated the culture of honesty and generosity and openness and integrity mm. and joyous living. See, what happens when a man or a woman violates the values that they live for? See, Peter's insight in verse 3 of chapter 5 tells us how God can be so generous. Mm. Peter calls Ananias and he says to him, how could Satan so fill your heart? You see, whether single or married, we, we compromise. And when we compromise, we kill the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Mm. We kill the intimacy between God and between each other. Mm -hmm. In verse 4, when the wife comes hours later, the husband has just died because he lied. Mm -hmm. and, and Peter looks at the wife and, and Peter wants to give her a chance. Peter doesn't want just to condemn her. God doesn't just condemn us whole scale. God, God doesn't just put us in the same blanket with everybody else. God gives us the opportunity to come clean. Mm -hmm. So Peter looks at the wife and says, did you sell the land for this much? That she is given this opportunity to come clean, but she says, yes, this was it. Mm. And you know, sometimes we get and sit together and we're trying to make things happen between us and we're trying to correct things and, and, and your husband and your wife ask, is, is this all that was to it? Did, did you really do this? And you choose to lie. You, you choose to add lies on lies and, and lies on lies brings death. See, God does not force us to abandon our bad ways. Mm -hmm. See, like Sapphira, we can choose to live in sin or turn back to God and find adventure with him. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the second couple. You know, as I'm listening to you, I am asking myself, why do we blame the environment when we fall into sin? And as I'm, I'm just thinking, 
we cannot blame the environment, mm -hmm. neither can we blame others. the person, others, yeah. that he made me do this. I think it's a matter of values, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think that so too. when I don't have that hedge around me, mm. and you come and say some things that I don't like, I'm going to land something <laughs> on your face. Yes. <laughs> when I land something on your face, I chose yes. to do that. That's right. I could have just chosen not to mm -hmm. by practicing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Self-control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I keep yeah. it where it belongs. That's, that's true, yes. Right. So we've just seen an environment where there was love, joy, the peace of God, miracles happening, and it was, it was a revival. And um, just like here, Right? Everybody hugging each other, everybody just loving on each other. Such a beautiful environment where you can grow and you can choose to do what God requires because everybody's just loving on each other. Uh, but now we look at another environment and a different couple here are living in a difficult environment. And this is the story of Manoah and his wife. And what are the things that we can draw from this story. The first thing is that Manoah and his wife are living in this environment that is um, a time of spiritual darkness in the history of Israel because the Israelites had sinned and God handed them over to the Philistines. And Philistines were of course the enemies of the, the Israelites and so they, they, there was oppression and this couple is living in that environment. And I can just imagine the anxiety. I can imagine the lack of peace. If you are living, let's say, for example, in your country and you hear that the, the, the enemies are oppressing you, there's another country or other people that are oppressing you, you will not be at peace. Um, but the couple um, choose differently. And so um, we look at the wife particularly, as we look at the, 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 second, uh, the second challenge that they were facing, this is the challenge of childlessness. The couple were childless, but they were hopeful. So they are facing two challenges. The fact that they are under the oppression of the enemy, and then they do not have children. The Bible reveals the dilemma that Manoah's wife was unable to become pregnant and had not given birth to any children. And in this culture, children, and in particular boys, were important. So can you imagine in a culture where having children is so important, everybody is looking at you, and you are unable to have children, you are barren, and can you imagine the shame, the disgrace, the pain, that Manoah's wife was going through. You know, sometimes I'm reminded of um, 27, 30, mm -hmm. 35. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in Kenya you get to those ages and you're coming from Africa and you are supposed to be a woman, you're supposed to be married or you're a man, you're supposed to have a wife. Mm -hmm. And people are beginning to ask you, so has he come? <laughs> and you're wondering who has come? Uh, they are expecting that he should have been married. And, and, and it brings so much condemnation and so much uh, stress. Uh, but yet we can find solace and help in, in, in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. But one thing, we are, we are also learning from this couple, and particularly Manoah's wife. In the third verse of Judges chapter 13, we see the angel of God speaking to her. And he says, even though you have been unable to become, a, to become pregnant and haven't given birth, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. Wow, what a relief. That was quite a relief for her. Yeah. Because she found solace in the presence of God. Now, the fourth thing we are learning from here is that when she said this, Manoah did not look at her and wonder, mm, you think you are more spiritual than me? Who have um, you been talking to? Who is the leader in this home? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who is the priest in the home? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he was supportive. And we read that when he got the news, he prays in verse 8. 
And he said, I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again. That was the prayer he made. And I can imagine the wife feeling so supported, feeling so encouraged. And that can just make you as a wife to say, yes, I will listen more to God. I will hear more what God is saying to us. Because the husband chose to support her and to be so encouraging to her. And after Manoah's prayer, the angel comes and visits a second time. And guess who the angel talks to? Manoah's wife again. Oh, no. <laughs> but I am the one who prayed. <laughs> he should have come to me. Now why is he going to the wife? Yeah, that is what many of us would think, right? That I prayed and he's going back to her? Is she serious? <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, what did the wife do? Because the first time, Manoah encouraged her, supported her. So she felt she should run back home because he spoke to her in the field. So she runs home where there is security, where there is solace, where there is support. She runs there and she tells Manoah, he is here, the man who appeared to me the other day. And what does Manoah do? Manoah decides to go with the wife. Instead of taking issue with God or the wife, he ran after the wife to see the man for himself. Now this is very interesting. That you wonder, here the wife seemed to have been so attractive to the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And this guy is trying to really connect with the wife to get to understand how God works in this thing. And you would wonder, you know, whether it would have been so easy for him to give up. Yes. Because how can I be seeking after God, but he's not speaking to me, he's speaking to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But yet when we team up and continue to run after God together, mm. we are able to spar up. Yes. You know? spar up that gift, that adventure mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in each other mm -hmm. and help both of us to run after God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Could it be that uh, Manoah understood that they were a team and instead That's of it. fighting each other, they were fighting together, yeah. looking to God together? Yeah. So Judges 13 verse 11 says, um, are you the man who talked to my wife? That's the question that Manoah asked the man when he ran to go and meet this man. And the man, of course, told him, yes, I'm the one. And uh, Manoah now begins to engage the man of God. He then begins to talk with him and asks him questions. How are we going to bring up this child? Uh, what is going to be his mission? Now he is taking the lead in wanting to know how they are going to bring up the child so that God's will can be done. Yeah. So Manoah's hunger to hear God for himself made him run after the wife in order to hear God for himself. And after hearing God, of course, he continues with the discussion. And we see, uh, not that the wife has been pushed in the background, but she allows him now to take the lead because now he's asking questions. He wants to know because they are in this together. So there's actually need for us to be supportive of each other, mm -hmm. to continue to be an adventure with God and with each other. Mm -hmm. So how do soulmates succeed in creating this adventure with, with God and with each other? Yeah, the first thing is that uh, couples can only grow together if they envision together. And I think vision is, is very, very important because the Bible talks about uh, without a vision, people perish mm -hmm. or they wander aimlessly. People describe vision as a picture of the preferred future. Mm -hmm. The thing is, what is the vision of your marriage? What is the picture of your marriage? Where are you leading each other? Mm -hmm. Discuss about children. Discuss about family. Discuss mm -hmm. about the future. Discuss mm -hmm. about where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Discuss about what you dream yes. this marriage or this relationship to look like. That's right. See, Amos 3.3 3 says that two cannot work together unless they are agreed. Mm -hmm. So agreement must be about something, mm. something that we have said, let us pursue this together. And you can see Manoah and the wife, the, their dream and their pursuit is about 
God, would you answer us? In yes. this environment of sinfulness, yes. could you come to us and give us a child? Mm -hmm. Instead of condemning each other mm -hmm. that we don't have this child, they walk the road together mm -hmm. to experience mm -hmm. the adventure together. Mm -hmm. See, and I think because the environment was an environment of sin, they also want to know whether their son is actually going to live in this environment yeah. um, and how victoriously. Yeah. And that is why I think Manoah decides to ask the angel or the man of God, how are we going to bring up this child? What is his mission? Yeah. The second thing that we want to share with you is that couples must question in order to create an environment of growth. Mm -hmm. We have to ask questions and questions help us to grow. You see, asking, we must ask intelligent questions mm. that keep the relationship accountable. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I'm a single, I'd ask myself questions that are intelligent, that help me to remain in my connection with God and with the other people. If I have faced a separation or a divorce, I'll ask myself questions that help me to remain in a place where I'm not exposed to the enemy to continue wounding me. Mm. If I am in a relationship, I'm, I'm going to ask myself intelligent questions that would help me to do right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if Ananias and Sapphira forgot to ask themselves some questions. Uh, maybe they did. I um, think so too. I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, if I was Sapphira, <laughs> I would have asked, uh, so why do we need to sell the property? Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and then I would have asked also that um, after we sell this property and, uh, okay, we, are we going to give all the money? And if he says, and I say, oh, why should we keep part of the money? And uh, what are we going to tell the, the, the apostles? Because it was an environment where the Holy Spirit was doing amazing things mm -hmm. and miracles were taking place. So I would have sought from my husband whether we are just selling the property because everybody else is selling. But questions are not easy to ask. Mm -hmm. See, my wife, this one over here. <laughs> there is no other. <laughs> she says there's no other. <laughs> my wife is directly, very direct in asking questions. She does not know a diplomacy of a courting. <laughs> Quoting the question, let us now review it and see whether it... No, she just would ask. So there's a way. If my wife calls me, honey, darling, um, I know, yeah. And she wants to send me somewhere. She wants to give me something. She wants to talk to me about something. But when I hear, Philip, <laughs> Philip, either I left something in the wrong place... <laughs> <laughs> or there is something I forgot to do that is not all going very well with her. Does it happen that, like that here? I mean, I thought it was only in Africa where there's the two ways of calling each other. You know, there's a good name and there's the other one that, you know, mm -mm. God, please help me. Give me the right attitude of heart and mind. I am walking to my wife now, Lord. You are in front. I am following behind. May you make a way where there is no way. And he does make a way. And he does make yes. a way. Yes. Yes. And I, I have discovered that when we ask each other questions, questions can make you very vulnerable. Mm. They make you like, are you trying to question my intelligence? Mm. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Watch yourself, woman. Watch yourself with your language. I mean, we, we are very quick to protect ourselves. But you see, questions are supposed to put us in the place where we lay ourselves open. It's like somebody doing surgery on us. And see, the, the thing is, who can better do surgery on you than the one that you love? Mm -hmm. But you know, we don't trust each other, do we? It boils down to, do I trust you with the knife? Instead of using it the right way, you might just use it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And so we suspect every question. Mm -hmm. So for example, 
You're talking and, and, and then you, you're in this nice, good talk and you're talking about issues. And then, and then you say, oh, come on, honey. That's, 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 that's a silly thought. That's, that's, that's a stupid thought. Mm. What did you say? <laughs> what, what, what did, who are you calling stupid? Are you calling me stupid? Are you saying that the silly thought came from a silly person, so you're calling me silly? You see, we, we analyze, we mm. protect, we mm. defend, we mm. point fingers, we want to show that we are never wrong. Mm -hmm. You are the one bringing stuff here that is not supposed to be here. Mm. You're calling me names. Mm. They never called you names. <laughs> they just used a statement. Mm. So why not ask back and say, Oh, um, uh, so what do you mean by a silly thought? Is, is the person silly or the thought is silly? And uh, are you meaning because the thought is silly, it came from a silly person? Oh, no, 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 honey, that's not what I mean. You see, choose the battles to fight. Yes. Because some battles are not, not worth work. fighting. Yeah. They don't bring any value. Mm -hmm. They actually cause distance. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what, what, what they, they did not mean. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you get so, you're getting into this action and you're talking and you're talking and, and, and you say, hey, 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 do you know the man in this house? <laughs> do, do you know who the man in this house is? You know, that's what we say in Africa. No, you guys don't say that here. <laughs> you, you know, this is... An American, you don't say that here. Mm. So, do you know who the man is in this house? Mm. Or do you know who wears? Who wears pants? Who wears pants in this house? <laughs> you forget that these days everybody wears pants. <laughs> and you forget the fact that the guy asking, can you imagine, the guy asking, do you know who is a man in this house is a man? He's mm. <laughs> <laughs> doubting himself. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. See, questioning is the only way that brings accountability. Mm -hmm. It helps bring clarity. Yes. It yes. helps bring freshness. Mm. The third thing. Growing a biblically functional culture creates room for diversity. Yeah, we need and to know that we are diverse. Mm. Dean and I are different. Yep. Very. Very. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> Very different mm -hmm. <laughs> in our thinking, yeah. the way we process information, yeah. in our, um, yeah, just the way we do things is different. Yeah. Mm. And that should not uh, uh, bring confusion and the clashes and, and the disunity. Yeah. It just shows that our God is a God of diversity. You know, when I say that I love you, mm. you know, I discovered that when I say I love you so much, and then sometimes God may allow things in you, or when you say that to me, or we are supposed to love each other, mm -hmm. God brings things out in me so that that love may be tested. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you say I love somebody, what's the definition of love? It's not a feeling. Mm -mm. Love is a choice. Mm -hmm. Why is love a choice? Because you see, the Bible says love is patient. So God brings a very impatient, very impatient, very impatient person next mm, to you. Mm. And that is, <laughs> and that person happens to be the one you sleep with in the same bed. Mm. <laughs> to test whether you can still face them and say, yes. honey, I still love you. Mm. Even though, even though mm. you are such a difficult person to love, I still love you. You see, we create an operational culture yes. in the relationship by being authentic with each other. Mm -hmm. See, so today, I don't fight Dina because she thinks that what I said looked silly. Mm. We fight over what needs to be fought against. For yes. example, if there is sin mm -hmm. encroaching into our relationship, That's right. we fight it together. That's right. And in that way, we set values around about us. Mm -hmm. You see, our operational culture is informed by experiences we go through, expectations mm -hmm. that we have, mm -hmm. exposures that we get. Yeah. And the pain that we pass through, the Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, 
we throw off everything mm -hmm. that hinders, yes. that so easily entangles, mm -hmm. so that there's nothing standing mm -hmm. in between us. Mm -hmm. And number four, couples must make regular reviews that will re-energize their adventure. Failing to examine one's, oneself works negatively for any relationship. So we review decisions, yeah. beliefs, convictions, actions, behaviors on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and reviews are not easy, my they dear. They are not easy. And especially if you have come up with an opinion or mm -hmm. you have a conviction mm -hmm. and I share a different conviction mm -hmm. and I say, oh, but I think mm -hmm. uh, that may not come out so or may not come mm -hmm. to you so well. Mm -hmm. Because you might think that I am challenging My your thoughts. conviction yes. and your, your thinking or mm -hmm. your beliefs. Mm -hmm. But they do help, mm -hmm. especially when we, 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 we clarify them, mm -hmm. when we, we, we explain it to each other mm -hmm. um, what, we, what, we, what we meant mm -hmm. or what, why we thought the way we thought. One of those moments of review, my wife and I were reviewing how the week was and the month we are talking about how we were there for each other. And my wife says, I'm, um, oh, so one of those days he called me Philip, right? So he said, Philip. I said, oh, 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 inside me. <laughs> I said, oh, 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 what is it now? So she says, I am so lonely. I said, what are you, inside me, I said, what are you talking about? Uh, and, and she, and because that, that month, I can guarantee you, and she is the witness right here. <laughs> I was home two o'clock every day in the afternoon. We were together the whole afternoon into the evening, into the night, and the morning we woke up from the same bed, I can guarantee you. <laughs> we woke up from the same bed. And she tells me she's lonely. I'm so, in fact, the words were, I'm so alone. You know, not alone. I feel. So, yes. Mm -hmm. I feel I, so alone. Yes. And when so is there, it's, it's actually, <laughs> yeah, seriously alone. <laughs> and I said, I'm evaluating now. We are reviewing. And I'm saying, I started reviewing the times I come home and what uh -huh. I do and what we yes. And I'm saying to myself, this is unfair. So I mm. offered her coffee mm. so we can go and talk about this thing. Mm. And she, she refused. She refused coffee, yes. <laughs> yes. I can see the ladies are saying, how come she refused that coffee? Uh. And uh, as we reviewed further and talked about this, then I discovered she thinks differently. She wants to be in different environments when certain things are discussed. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking her to a coffee house where everybody will see her crying. <laughs> She said, nah, we, I'm not going. So we had to stay two more days waiting for that conducive time when she can talk. And a conducive environment. Conducive <laughs> environment. And I was saying to myself, God help me understand a woman. <laughs> because right now I need to understand. But you know what? As I gave myself to, to become vulnerable, I came to understand what she was made of. And through that, we discovered the gaps. And the mm -hmm. gaps were, one, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I come home, I take my computer, I'm doing my work, mm -hmm. she is busy reading, and for the whole afternoon, mm -hmm. we may talk about, are you about to go and make lunch? Mm -hmm. Oh, are you about to make dinner? Mm -hmm. Oh, do we have everything that we need for dinner? Mm -hmm. But there's nothing about... Mm -hmm. Connection. Connection. Mm -hmm. And so when we discovered the gaps, you see, gaps cause the distance. But mm. when you fill the gaps, you create That's connection. Right. That's right. Mm. So when I discovered that, we began to do things differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of you take your spouses or your friends out for coffee mm. or for a meal? Mm. And when you get there, as soon as you sit at the table, the next thing is... This happens in Africa, not in America. <laughs> the moment you sit on the table, like it's on the seat like this, all of you. In mm. fact, it's almost like one, two, three, go. <laughs> all of us remove our phones, cell phones, cell phones. Mm -hmm. and all of us are mm. 
and you went to be out with each other. Mm. <laughs> you could almost text, text each other. It's, everybody, it's time to order a meal. <laughs> when we address the gaps that exist openly and freely, mm. then the marriage and the relationship will not be clogged mm. by unresolved issues. That's true. God bless you, Woodlands. Mm. It was nice to be with you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you so much, Philip and Dina. God bless you. So grateful for these guys coming all the way from Nairobi to be with us. And would you commit to pray for them in uh, their role as they lead so many churches? And uh, we're so proud of them to be connected with them and what God is doing through them there in Kenya. And what we love so much about them is they're so genuine, so real. And um, it's really been an amazing thing for Chris and I to see and to watch them through the years in their love for each other. We've learned so much. And, and the great thing about being in a big church like Woodland Church is there are so many stages and ages. The, every age, every stage is represented in our church. And it's so important for those of you who are uh, young married couples to connect with someone who's been down the road a little bit and you see someone that's really in love and maybe they've been married 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Chris and I once interviewed about 10 married couples who had been married for over 50 years. And it, it, we learned so much. And the thing that kept coming back is commitment. We're just committed to each other. We're stuck with each other, so we gotta work it out. You know, things like that. And every man said, don't try to understand a woman, you never will. And that just set me free. So, uh, because it's not understanding her, it's being understanding and being understanding. And so there's so many principles that we've learned and, and, and need to learn. And, and some of you guys who've been married a while, you ought to really invest in these young couples. And we have, you know, a single adults at all different stages and ages. We have, it's amazing. So I really encourage you, get in a life group. We have a great counseling ministry here. I think every marriage needs counseling and some reviews and recorrections with someone who is more of an expert to help you out. So we just really wanna pray right now for you because I know that there's someone here whose marriage is barely hanging on and you're about to give up hope. And with God, there's always hope. Surrender it to him today. Surrender your relationships to him and your life to him because he wants you to be real to be open and talk about what you're going through so others can be there for you. He wants you to be real and open to him and honest to him so that he can minister to you. God has a plan. If you're going through the pain of divorce, God has a plan. He loves you. He wants to bring healing and there's hope. Whatever you're going through, I wanna encourage single adults today and students to really make a commitment to follow God's way and to really follow him and develop that close relationship with him because I know sometimes you know, you think if I just found that perfect person, everything would be perfect in my life and my life would be whole, I would be happy. But it never works that way. It all comes from a relationship with God. And then he guides you to that person that he really wants you to be in life with, the soulmates. And I remember in college, I had a roommate that he wrote down about 45 different things that he wanted in his wife that he was looking for. And it, it was everything down to the eye color, you know, and uh, that she would be really good at playing the piano and all these crazy things. She would look like a supermodel. And um, it was like about 45, 46 things. And he showed me his list. And I said, that is a great list. But dude, when you find that woman, she's not going to want you. You know, <laughs> she'll have one thing on her list. It'll be not you will be her list. <laughs> and so instead of doing that, maybe we should Start going, God, what do you want me to become like so I can grow close to you and you take care of the rest? I want us to bow together right now and let's pray for God to just bring us closer to himself and for us to make the choices in whatever environment we're in to move closer to him. Dear Lord God, we love you so much and we thank you for your love for us. And I know there's so many, Lord, who's, who are in relationships that are really hurting right now. And I pray, Lord, for your healing. I know, Lord, that... In every marriage relationship, we hurt each other, and Lord, there are deep wounds that need to be healed and forgiven and 
Only you can do that. And I pray that you would just, for those whose marriages are barely hanging on, that you would just bring hope, that you would bring a resurrection, Lord Jesus, in their marriage and love for each other. We pray for healing in families. We pray for those who've gone through the pain of divorce, that you would just bring healing in their hearts. Let them know that you have a, a purpose and a plan that you're going to bring them to and bring them through. We thank you for all our single adults, Lord. There's so many that are just so committed to you, Lord, and just continue, Lord, to draw them closer to you. And I just thank you for those who've never received you into their life. And I know that today is the day, Lord. Today is their day to make that choice, to choose to have you to come into their life. I pray that they would pray this prayer silently to you. Jesus Christ, I need you. I give up trying to do it on my own. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. And, and I want you from now on to be the Lord of my life, my relationships, my heart, and take me to heaven one day. Help me grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed to receive Christ, he came in your life. He'll never leave you. He'll always be there. And now we're at the point of our service where we give back to God some of what he's given us. And so it's a great opportunity to just pray for all the over 100 ministries and missions of Woodland Church. It's amazing what God is doing. We had a team just get back from Malawi um, as bringing clean water and doing some really amazing things. And then, of course, pray for all the things that are happening in Kenya, which has been a light, you know, to uh, so many and to us as well. Also pray for the, all the ministries to our children. We have so many that are making a difference in the lives of kids. Uh, God's up to great things at Woodland Church. And he is bringing light to the darkest places. He is bringing light uh, to the dark places in our hearts. He is bringing light to the dark places that, um, where the enemy has really had a stronghold. And God is using you to raise up the poor and the powerless and to bring families back together, to rebuild and restore. And it's amazing to see what God is doing. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We give to you, and we thank you you're gonna give back to us more than we could ever give. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. God bless you, Woodland Church. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on our Soul Safari. Keep following God one step at a time. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodland Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.